So I did last night get you another follower on your on your tarot. You on, did? Yeah. So I was sweet. At, I was at Vintage Stock and I saw something that was kind of it was tarot-y. and I was like, "Huh? Can you show me that?" And she's like, "Yeah." And she had to pull it out of this cabinet. I was like, sorry, I, I just want to look at this because my sister's a tarot reader here in Kansas City. And she goes, aren't you scared she's going to tell you, like, you're going to get cancer in the next three years? I'm like, it's not. I can't possibly what? do that, but okay. That's not <laughs> what it is. I think you are misguided a little bit. Well, that's and, a lot of people are. That's why I'm excited we're talking about Miss Cleo today. Anyway, continue. I want to hear the rest of your story. And uh, she, we were just talking about it. And she's like, well... Does she do any any tarot and can't see? And it's like, well, she did, but you know, COVID and shit, so she kind of has to tone it down a little bit. And uh, I ended up putting her on your page and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, just go there. She does online ones every like Thursday night or Fridays, um, depending on the depends week. Depends on if it's a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's really good. Like, there's some stuff that like because she was kind of skeptical at first, but also kind of scared of it at the same time. And I was like, trust me, she, I was skeptical too. And she nailed some shit. And my buddy Aaron, you know, Aaron fucking in the background, yeah. just holding his face like, uh-huh. <laughs> well. It's, it's funny. <laughs> are you ready? I am ready. And we are live. Welcome back to the Beery Eerie Podcast, Beery Eerie Society. We are your incredible hosts, Salison Sasso. What? Salison Sasso? <laughs> Does it sa- did I say Salison? Sorry, you said Allison. Salison. Allison Sasso. <laughs> and I'm I'm always here, Ethan Watts. He is always here with a beer in his hand. Yep, as I opened it right now. I heard that. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't start a show without one. It's true. So, what happened with you this week? Anything eerie? Nothing. I can't say anything eerie's happened. Nothing more at the armory has happened, like we talked about last episode. But I did go under contract for a house in Kansas City. Yeah. Well done. Back where we all started. Back worst, in KC. Worst time frame to buy a house, but I can't do it no more. I need my own space. I get it. You know, you got to have your own space. You want me to do a house blessing on your house when you get it fully closed on? Hell yeah. Sweet. Sweetness. We'll do I'm it. In. That'll be fun. We could, we, could, we could record it. That'll be fun. Yeah. And then maybe even like record our first episode there before everything's even <gasps> That would be awesome. What? I can't wait till we can get back together and be safely together. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet when it's actually safe out. Yeah. How about you? Anything eerie happening? Well, a couple weeks ago at this point, my son got really bad croup and it was very, very sudden. Like he deteriorated rapidly. And croup for the uninitiated or the people without children, it sounds like a barky seal cough. Like it's very distinctive. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it justice. It sounds very scary. And for him, because he has childhood asthma, it gets it you have the possibility of like your larynx closing up but luckily we had all of the medicines that he would need to be totally fine so that wound up being okay it could have been an er visit so for me there's nothing more terrifying than the thought of an er visit with your with your kid 
I mean, Dybbuk box, screw you, man. That's you got nothing on your kid being having the barky <laughs> cough and not being able to breathe. Yeah, screw you, Dybbuk box. That's I, I'm not afraid of you. I am terrified of that. I think you could also be terrified about taking your child to an ER in the pandemic, where you could catch You're something right. worse. True, although. I, at least at his pediatrician and probably at ERs and stuff, they have been very good at making sure things are clean and people are separated. So, yes, it is scary, but honestly, a packed grocery store is slightly more terrifying to me right now because of the sheer volume of people than like taking my son to the pediatrician. But anyways, let's get beyond kids stuff because nobody cares about that. Although I do have one more story right after Thanksgiving. He, we got home, everything was fine, and then he just projectile puked all over his floor out of nowhere. And yes. it wasn't the distance so much as it was the volume of Possessed. all of it. Just out of nowhere. He was like, ugh, too much sugar. But he's fine now. What did, what did he eat? Did he just eat a whole bunch of pie or something? I think he just feasted on cookies. <laughs> That's me too. I, yeah. Because he wouldn't eat weakness. any of the turkey or any of the other things. It was just cookies, cookies, cookies. And we didn't really say no because it was a holiday, whatever. It's fine. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then and, that. And then projectile vomit. And now you're like, man, maybe it's, I should say no. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I will not be doing that again. That's funny. <laughs> I, I also had a really weird dream last night. I dreamed that Aunt Tracy moved down to the farm. And we went to go visit the old cemetery and the gate was locked. And this old timer came to us and was like, those damn kids have been locking the gate again. It was just weird. It was bizarre. Why, why are kids locking stuff? I don't think they would. Do I don't that. know. And there's there's not some sort of large gate around Little Union Cemetery. You could hop a fence. I'm not even sure if there's a fence anymore. I'm pretty sure it's decrepit and there is no longer a fence around the place. But who knows? Maybe it's a sign that I, too, will be a medium someday. I just have to unlock my potential. Or maybe it's just a dream. Who knows? Maybe the old man is the 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 blocking of your next potential, and you have to go unlock the gate. It's true. That's what got, it is. I got some bolt cutters if you want to cheat the system. <laughs> I do want to cheat the system. <laughs> Let's reach spiritual enlightenment through our ambitious and backdoor ways. <laughs> just through cheating just sheer power tools <laughs> that's what something you... we should come up with like your spiritual power tools that's so stupid mine would be the angle grinder because who has never had an angle okay you might not know a lot about tools but angle grinders are versatile as shit i'm just saying they're freaking amazing just sidebar kick ass okay <laughs> i learned today i learned they're versatile man they're versatile what are you I... drinking Oh, you're asking me first. Uh, I'm actually, in, well, I'm two-fisting it because I know I'm going to midway through the podcast, I'm going to want to switch over to something. Um, I'm drinking something by Stone called Tropic of Thunder Lager. I just thought Tropic it sounded... Tropic of Thunder. Yeah, I thought it sounded really cool, and all I get is a big old image of Johnny, uh, not Johnny, uh, Jack Black and the big old pile of cocaine in <laughs> the Vietnam oh. Village. Just, just a little sniff, man. <laughs> and then, whenever I'm uh, done with this, because it's going down really fast this morning, um, I poured myself a little bit of Four Roses bourbon with with a little bit of cut of water. Nice. Yeah. I am having a wine spritzer. 
It's Ugh. dark horse, big red blend, and seltzer water, and that's it. I gotta keep it, gotta keep it light because we're putting up the Christmas tree later, and I'll be having some rum and eggnog with that. So that's where I'm headed. So I gotta keep it light for now. You like those spritzers? I do actually because I I don't I like to drink, but I don't like to get hammered. And now that I'm getting older, I'm not old old, but yeah, you know, now that I'm getting older, it's it's a it can it really takes down the alcohol by volume. <laughs> if you have the spritzers instead so yeah hey i mean i agree you can spritzers. drink all day so I'll, I'll drink like white claws when i'm on the river and stuff because you could drink all day and not be drunk and it's that's what i'm saying that's that's what i was going for smart smart idea great minds think alike hey i guess so i although i did have this beer last night i went over to my buddy aaron's house and watched the mike tyson fight oh it cool was, it was totally lame the fight was not oh. worth watching uh, a week but I had this by, you ever heard of Nebraska Brewing Company? Uh, no, but I probably should have by now. They're super cool. So that one, they have a really cool can that like the whole top comes off. So then it's just basically like an actual glass you're drinking out of rather than a, just a small hole in a can. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. And it was their nut brown ale <laughs> called Brunette. Nuts. And, and so I, was, I had that and I was like, dude, this is... This is straight delicious. Like, I haven't had this good of a beer in a minute. So well, there you go. I plowed through that. So there's some recommendations for you, friends. Yeah, we're not we're not endorsed or anything. We're just giving people shout-outs. That's right. Speaking, uh, speaking of, shout-outs, of shout-outs. Oh, look at that transition. <laughs> yeah, great minds. Great minds think alike. We had an email recently from a KJ in Kansas City, and he emailed us talking about how much he really enjoyed our podcast, and he was introduced to it by my husband on the Shave Cadre forum. So that's exciting. He listens to every single episode. Wow, already. Yes, well, there's only, this is 16, so there's only 15 before before this one. You're talking 16 hours of dedication, and he he emailed us back on the third, like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Well, and we're sorry we haven't put out more episodes, but Ethan's been really, really busy. And I mean, yeah. hasn't everyone, honestly? I feel like I'm I'm the excuse panda or whatever you want to call it, because I just always like, dude, the excuse I'm just, panda. I'm, that's what I'm going to be. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, But yeah, it's just it's been super hectic with this new job and it's and COVID with it and everything on top of that. And then I'm trying to also Moving. buy a house. Yeah, I want to cash in on that PCS move, man. That's right. But don't worry. When Ethan is settled, we will be putting out more than one episode a month, hopefully. And hopefully with some (laughs) extra goodies and surprises later down the road. Ethan's got big plans, and I'm here for it. Yep. I have been planning outside of us not recording, so it's not dying. We are are forever getting stronger. Yes, we've been biding our strength and our time, drinking and plotting. Drinking is is an understatement. <laughs> well, you know what? It's 2020. Drink up. I have Cheers. to cope. <laughs> Anyways, what do you what are you uh serenading us with? I use that one a lot. You do. But, but I you, am. I'm going to tell you a story. Oh. Yes. 
This week's topic is the late 90s, early 2000s TV psychic slash tarot reader, Miss Cleo. I, not a classically eerie episode, though we have covered tarot in episode two. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen so you kind of know a little bit more about the subject before we continue. Uh, she was a fixture of infomercials in my childhood, and I guess your childhood too, although I was, I probably remember them a little bit more than you. Do you remember Miss Cleo on TV? Not at all. Like, this is the first time I ever heard of her. Well, she was technically my first introduction into tarot cards. And she was on infomercials, like I mentioned, late at night and early in the morning. And the big tagline was, call me now for your free reading. And we're also going to take a small detour into Obia, which is in the vein of voodoo, santeria, and hoodoo. So I guess that part might be a little bit eerie. But it's all going to come together. So this is kind of a whatever happened to Miss Cleo sort of ep- episode for those who remember who she is. Are you going to so tell get us ready. what Santeria it's, it's eerie is? adjacent. Are you going to what tell did you say? What, are you going to tell us what Santeria is? I'm going to tell you what Obia is. I'm oh. not going to really get too much into Santeria specifically, but Obia is in the same vein. I mean, that's that's cool. I'm just questioning because Sublime keeps on telling me they don't practice it. And I'm just I'm confused on what it even is. So we'll have um, to do an episode on Santeria next. I, I'll, have, oh, I'll have to do a lot of research on that because I need to do it justice because I, I, I also do not practice Santeria. Yeah, I'm with you, Sublime. I'm with you. I don't practice it either because I don't even know what the hell it is. Get ready. <laughs> All right. Are you take ready? Us, take us on this journey there, Allison. So for those who don't know, including Ethan, who was Miss Cleo? Well, Miss Cleo... Her real name is Yuri Del Harris, and she was born in 1962 in Los Angeles. She was an actress and a playwright. And I'm just going to give you a little bit backstory because the backstory, I think, kind of plays into her character as a person. This is this is who she was. So she originally uh, opened a theatrical production company in Seattle, Washington, and she used to be a playwright. And in this at this company, she produced her plays for women only and the Supper Club Cafe. There was one other, but I don't remember it. She claims that she attended the University of Southern California as a theater arts major, but there's no record of her ever attending under any of her aliases, but she claimed that she did. So for these plays, she received grants from the Langston Hughes Nonprofit Advisory Council to pay the cast, but she skipped town after the plays were not successful without paying anyone. Wow, that sounds like a freaking scam artist to me. Well, that's going to come up because this there's a lot that got heaped on uh, poor Yuri Del Harris. And I, I think one of the things that I want people to be able to come to after this podcast is, was she a scam artist or was she unjustly painted as a scam artist by the media after everything blows up later in her life. So anyway, she told cast members that the reason she couldn't pay was because she had bone cancer and sickle cell anemia and she needed the money to cover her costs. But after that, she started working for the Psychic Readers Network. Okay. Okay. Your story is not making sense to me there. Not you, but her. I understand. I have bone cancer. So that's some of the... That's some of the backstory of Yori Del Harris. So there was a movie that came out in 2014. It was a documentary rather than a movie called Hotline. And I watched most of Hotline. I kind of skipped around in it. So I could, they interviewed Yori Del Harris and talked about her work 
working for the Psychic Readers Network when she portrayed Miss Cleo. And the reason she was called Miss Cleo rather than Yuri Del Harris is because she actually utilized one of the characters from her plays, who was also named Cleo, who was from Jamaica. And that's what the Psychic Readers Network went with. She would call herself Miss Cleo. And it came from one of the plays that she wrote. So that was exciting. Mm. So, so when she worked, yes, go ahead. So she's, so she's interviewed on this show and I don't get it. Like, so she's, I don't know. I hate her already, to be honest. She sounds like a scam she, artist. Well, 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 I'll let you paint the picture for you later. Okay, okay. So while she worked for the Psychic Readers Network, she started to become pretty popular. People would call in and they would request Miss Cleo's line and with these hotlines, the, the the trick about them was if you worked for the Psychic Readers Network or any of the hotlines that you could call in and get psychic advice from, if you were one of the people who was a psychic, you the best thing you could do is to keep people on the line for as long as possible. And that would make it so that you would jump up and have your, your phone ringing more. And she became very popular and people were requesting her more and more and more. So the company was like, hey, let's see why she's so popular. So they decided to put her in an infomercial, a, a commercial that they decided to make. And they wanted her to be from Jamaica and to use the Jamaican accent. And she would she she did this commercial call me now for your free reading and people would call in with all kinds of questions like who's the father of my baby yeah. <laughs> how do you not know right. how do you not know well if you're if you're kicking it with several maybe you're not sure which one it is Stop but that's not a question that. for the tarot personally everybody go go get a dna test but they would call in with like what's what you know normal some of the questions were normal like what is in my future how how is my money going to shape up but a lot of the questions were very much related to relationships and love and after she in, did this infomercial she started like she became the face of the psychic readers network because people loved the character she was playing. That's kind of why I talked about her background working in theater. Because she was portraying a character. But people thought she was fresh off the boat from Jamaica. Hmm. She, I think I'm like, as you talk about it, I'm starting to think about it more and more. Like, did she wear like a head, head turban kind of thing? Yeah, she she had I don't know what they're called, but she had it. She usually was on with a head wrap and she would wear bright, colorful dresses. And there were it was more than just one infomercial. There were several that were filmed with her and she would answer questions. And these would run for like 30 minute segments or more. And she would answer callers questions. And she she just she kind of blew up. She I remember her on like Nickelodeon and shit a lot. So. No, I'm sorry. It's really? starting to come back to me. Yeah. Oh, like, do you mean like infomercials? Yeah. Like she'd be on one of the commercials and then it'd be like foggy and she had like a crystal ball or some shit. And she'd be like, call yes. Miss Cleo. And you're just like, okay, whatever, lady. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I, that's why she became so popular. She was a character. She was playing a character, but people believed that's who she really was. So when they presented this opportunity to Yuri Del Harris, a.k.a. Miss Cleo, I will go back and forth calling her Harris and Cleo. They're the same person. So they, when the company presented her with this, like, hey, we're going to do these infomercials, she told them up front, 
I am not a psychic. Okay. That's not who I really am. She didn't grow up in Jamaica. She grew up in Los Angeles. Her parents were U.S. citizens. She went to an all-girls boarding school. She was actually from pretty wealthy, a pretty wealthy background. She was very educated. She tried telling them that, and they're like, that's not going to sell. Just play this character. Oh, they wanted God. her to be Miss Cleo. So she's like, fine, whatever. A job's a job, right? Yeah, I mean, you're getting paid, What? whatever. Now, she did come from a family background steeped in Obia. And that's what I wanted to talk about. This is this is going to get into slightly eerie territory. Obia, will you let me? Will you allow me to take you down the rabbit hole of Obia? The Obia hole. You, no. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, take us down the Obia hole. Okay. So Obia is a system of spiritual healing and justice making. It's not too far off from other African diaspora religions like Voodoo, Hoodoo, and Santeria. But I already mentioned that. There are no deities. It's more communicating with your ancestors and spirits. Okay. It's, it comes from West African slaves and slavery. It's very Afro-Caribbean. It's spellcasting. And it's not really done as a collective ceremony. It's more individualistic. And colonial accounts paint Obia as nefarious black magic. It doesn't sound that nefarious if you're just talking to your ancestors. Well, that's the thing, though, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because, of course, colonial accounts would paint Obia as nefarious black magic. It has to be evil because it's weird and different and not Christian, and that makes it evil. <laughs> to me, it seemed more like gray magic, honestly, but. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think, I, I, I'm totally 100% on, like, colonial testament of magic is very, very skewed. <laughs> Yes. They were very well, scared the of this stuff. It was, it was this mindset of fear. And it's practiced all over the Caribbean still in the Bahamas, Barbados, Belize, Dominica, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, obviously. The Igbo people of Nigeria still practice Obia. And like many magical native pagan traditions, there's a fair amount of syncretism, which is a merging of traditions with Christian elements to keep them alive. Because you couldn't just go with the traditional version of it because that was that was stamped out. You couldn't do that. So there's a fair amount of like candle lighting or having Christian iconography that has been mixed together so that people could keep practicing without being discovered. Hmm. That happens a lot, honestly. That's yeah. A lot of pagan stuff wound up being absorbed into Christianity. And I could, there are lots of different, I have a friend who practices witchcraft, but it's steeped in a Catholic tradition and a Catholic faith too. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even think you could blend that much into that because so, like Catholic tradition is very hard. Yes, hard you line. can. Maybe we can, maybe we can interview that person at some point. I'll have to ask her anyway. We can do an anonymous tone if she doesn't want to be known. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> so Obia was outlawed in 1760, pretty much all around the Caribbean and, and laws kept coming up because that's just the thing about it. During slavery, Obia men who were like shamans were, if you want to go with witch doctors, I think that could be, that's, that's a very skewed term, but they're more like shamans. Um, they gave people the courage and the solidarity and the spiritual protection to rise up against their colonial masters. So of course, 
colonialism and slave owners were like, we have to, we have to put this to bed because we cannot have the slaves rising up against yeah. us. And the laws would also include things like slaves were not allowed to own weapons. And as more and more laws were passed, it became more and more stigmatized as evil and dark magic and incredibly intimidating. And that's, there's not to be, there is some intimidation tactics that come with Obia, that's why I called it kind of a gray magic. You can spiritually protect someone or you can spiritually intimidate someone. But it wasn't it wasn't all just like dark arts and hexing, but it was painted that way. Yeah. I don't know. The Obia men are not doing themselves justice by uh making an uprising and stuff like that. If you want to actually practice your arts, don't make it don't do that. Don't put yourself out in the no. spotlight like that. Why is against your oppressors rise up i am i am on the side of the obia men rise up <laughs> no i mean cool glad they did but if you want to oh uh, you're saying that they're because oh because they rose up that that's why the laws existed yeah like, well yeah be more quiet man i say rise up anyway yeah no no don't be quiet rise up so the laws were very hostile towards all of the african connections that came with you guessed it, African slaves. And it was, they were, unfortunately, as the laws continued, other groups got lumped into it, it's especially in Jamaica. So healers, revivalists, Rastafarians were all persecuted under all of the Obia laws because people were afraid. And there is still a real fear about the cursing and hexing that could come with it. And the 1898 Obia Act is still in place in Jamaica today, although they they stopped prosecuting people for it in like the 1950s. Oh, so it's like one of those old school laws of like it, they're just so obscure and whatever they just don't pay attention to them we anymore. Don't, yeah, they're still on the books, but they don't they don't actually put people in jail for it. Gotcha. They used to, uh, but also the thing about it is people don't want the Obia Act, at least in Jamaica, to be taken from the books because of that culture of fear that surrounds it. This is this is hundreds of years long laws that made people afraid of Obia and other African religions. People I, are afraid. People think it's black magic. I... Mm, mm. Yeah, in practice, these laws were used almost exclusively on poor Jamaicans as well, and they were designed to show Jamaica as a civilized, modern place and reject ties to blackness and to Africa. Not cool, Mon, but I digress. That's basically, that's your basic history lesson on Obia. You were waiting the whole time to say that, weren't you? <laughs> I was. Not cool, Mon. Not cool. Not cool, Mon. I just, I think that a lot of these laws... A lot of the fear-based society that wants to keep these laws in place are those people that haven't actually gone out there and like learned or educated themselves, and it's just it's they're true. they're living in their ancestors or parental uh, vision of like, hey, this is bad. Well, okay, have you gone against them, your, like your parental figures, and been like, hey, why do you think this is bad? I don't know. I just it yeah, explore, the hell out of learn. Me. Yeah. So what did my Obia rant have to do with anything? We, we are definitely off topic from Miss Cleo. But like I said, Miss Cleo came from a family who practiced Obia. And her teacher was a Haitian-born person from Port-au-Prince, apparently. But anyway, the Psychic Readers Network was like, hell no. Black magic? No, just say you're psychic. 
<laughs> what the fuck? Black magic is the line, apparently. And it's not even black magic, anyway. It's not. They're just like, oh, God, we think it's black. Uh, nope. Can't. Nope. Can't yep, do exactly. it. Exactly. So she tried to tell them, but they really wanted her to play this Miss Cleo character fresh off the boat from Jamaica and to put on an accent that really wasn't a part of her heritage. Although her family did come from the Caribbean and they did speak with the Patois and uh, and accented, they all, she never really did. And even in some of the videos with her, the accent sometimes is just dropped for a few lines and then she picks it back up like you can tell. But it was she was just being the face of the company. And she skyrocketed to fame because of because of this, because of these commercials. Wow. So when you would call in, so what was the problem? Like, why, why is the Psychic Readers Network no longer a thing? Why don't we see these commercials anymore? What happened? So what happened with Miss Cleo? People would call in and you would not be speaking to Miss Cleo. I think people would see the commercials and think that they would be like, a, it would be a direct line just to just to Miss Cleo, no. You would call in and you'd talk to any number of their other readers. And they these readers worked out of their homes. There were tons of them. People would say, like people, they took Miss Cleo on tour and she was on several talk shows. Yeah. As well. Like, and like the they would ask her, aren't you supposed to be taking calls? She's like, I'm on tour. I'm the face of the company. So when you call in, you weren't really going to get Miss Cleo or it would be a very like slim chance. The big tagline, like I mentioned earlier, was call me now for your free reading. But there was an asterisk that said the first three minutes of your reading would be free. And it was $4.99 a minute after that. Jesus, that's a lot of money. I know, I know. So sidetrack, I usually spend the first three to five minutes with a client as a tarot reader talking to them about tarot and the process and what it is because a lot of people who come to me are very uninitiated. So we don't even get to the cards in those first three minutes in the first place. I'm just laying groundwork. Good Lord. They're probably doing the same thing. Right. And they the, the psychics had to keep people on the line for at least 18 minutes, like I said, to stay in these priority positions. And callers were usually on hold for those first three minutes or people were taking down their information. So your three minutes were not a part of the reading ever. Oh, my God. That's I'm trying to do the math now. 18 times for 99. Don't worry, talking- I did I did the um, did the math for you. Oh my god. I did the math for you. Oh my I did. god. Yeah, okay, so here we go. So the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, said that nearly six million people called in to the Psychic Readers Network, racking up a billion, billion with a B, billion dollars in charges. The average calls were about 60 bucks a pop. And for math wizards out there, that's a 12-minute phone call, not counting your three minutes that were free. So 15 minutes. Holy shit. $60 just to... um... Yep. Makes me seem hella cheap in comparison. It makes me even so bad now. Because remember that first time you did Wine and Divine, and they're like, oh, God, what a scammer. I want to throw I this. I want to throw this in their face and be like, "Shut the hell up!" Real companies, right? Well, oh my gosh, I am the best deal in town. I'm also the most entertaining. So yes. there you have it. Agreed. Agreed. 
So there were also Miss Cleo products as well because the Psychic Readers Network put her face on all because she was so popular. She is a pop culture icon. She was she even has her own tarot deck. They put out tarot cards and you can still buy Miss Cleo themed tarot decks on Amazon. They're reprints, they're not the originals, but you can get them. And it came in a kit with a video and a booklet of card meetings. And you can see the video. The video is on YouTube of Miss Cleo talking about her tarot cards. And it's like an instructional video. And I watched it and it was terrible. It was <laughs> okay. The tarot history section was outright wrong. Oh god. It was totally it, it said that the cards came from ancient Egypt, which is wrong. It is false. That's um that's some propaganda from Antoine Court de Geblin back in like the 1700s. He said that they came from Egypt. No, they did not. We know oh. that. They came from Italy as far as we know. Anyway, go back and watch watch. Go back and listen to the tarot episode if you want to know that the history of tarot and the card meanings that she gave in the video were iffy to also outright incorrect and i'm oh, like God. well you know maybe this is an old school style interpretation okay and i would i kept watching and i was like no false incorrect that's also wrong <laughs> you, you were you were in there trying to give her credit and then everything right. just kept going against it <laughs> well i felt bad because i we, we're gonna get more into her backstory too as this goes on and i actually like i feel for her a little bit not for the scamming people from the theater and taking money from the langston hughes society but i feel for her later in her life because you know when you're young you make mistakes anyways but i'm watching this video and i'm like oh this is all so incorrect and they even gave interpretations like spreads that you could use and everybody has their own style but they were also just bizarre and she was trying to show you how to use the cards and they were they always just ended up being relationship questions and the people in the cards were all these people that so if you if you're, if you're a woman who calls in and then a bunch of different pages show up or knights or kings she was like oh she's got too many women in her life or not women too many too many suitors in her life and she oh, needs to pick ones God. that are good for her and it was all just it was so vague and it was not a good video it was mildly entertaining but it was not correct so if you're looking to learn the tarot i would not go with that i would go almost anywhere else <laughs> almost down to the local shop down the road <laughs> and the the best part the best part about the video was that there they included the hotline number and they said that if you at any moment have any problems interpreting or struggling with learning the tarot, you can call the hotline and talk to tarot experts who will help you through. And that's also $4.99 a minute. So enjoy it. Wow. I can't believe they're yeah. charging $4.99 a minute. That's, a, that's ridiculous. It, it was a lot. So the Psychic Readers Network during their time, which I think was two or three years, I'm not sure, but... Anyway, they may they were making $24 million a month. Good God. Yes. And you you see you hear that number and you think, oh my God, these psychics must be rich, right? No. No. The psychics themselves, psychics, and I use this this term loosely because I'm gonna talk to you about that here in a minute. The psychics made peanuts. Most people were making 14 cents a minute. Cleo being the face of the company and being the more popular in the rotation was making 24 cents a minute. And that translates to roughly about $14 an hour. If you are talking constantly, 
they were making closer to like 12 bucks an hour if you're popular. That's that's nothing today. Like 12 bucks an hour, right. you're doing mediocre. Right. Also, they weren't psychics. They were generally reading from a script. They were given scripts to read to people. Uh, uh, yes. Fucking with my emotions, man. I know. But what about the commercial? So did Cleo get paid for the commercial and for all of her, appear her appearances? Yeah, she was paid $1,750 for the first commercial. And she did get paid for the others as well. But she also got wrapped up to into really bad contracts. So I don't even know if she was making residuals on any of the stuff that was that had her face on it, her name on it. And she did not get to retain the rights to the character that she played either. Hire a lawyer. Hire a lawyer every time. If you think you can do it by yourself, don't do it. Hire a lawyer. Don't Jesus. do it. Yeah, get some. Get somebody in there. That's what I've learned through all my legal career is hire a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you think you're good. Hire a lawyer. Right. So callers would call in with their questions. And if they didn't pay... They would get really aggressive collections calls and letters because that's what the Psychic Readers Network would do. They would turn over, like if you didn't pay for your reading, they'd turn you over to the collections agency immediately. And it would get really aggressive. Wow. You're, you, you made one call and now all of a sudden your credit's getting a hit. Yep. The FTC got involved because lawsuits got filed against this company because duh of course they would eventually so the ftc federal trade commission wound up filing two complaints in florida obviously it's in florida like of course it is yes charging the psychic readers network for whom miss cleo was the face of for deceptive advertising billing and collections practices i could see how they would get charged with that that's you're talking, okay, yep. so somebody doesn't pay their bill for like $60 and then they get turned over to collections right off the bat? Like, that's that's horrible. <laughs> it is. That, and they said that you'd get three minutes free and you weren't actually online with the psychic at that point. You'd be on hold or they'd be taking your information down or whatever. Wow. So that part was false. Wow. I know. And in 2002, the Federal Trade Commission said, or whoever the spokesperson was, I forget their name, said, I'm no psychic, but I can foresee this. If you make deceptive claims, there's FTC action in your future. That's hilarious. <laughs> womp womp. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. So her promoters... At the Psychic Reader Network, I say her, it's Miss Cleo's promoters at the Psychic Readers Network agreed to settle the case by erasing $500 million of debt owed by the victims of the Psychic Readers Network. And they paid $5 million in a fine to the Federal Trade Commission. And then think, they were they were done. They were out of business at that point. Think about how little of money that is. Though. You're talking $5 million in fines and you're making $24 million a month? Are you right, serious? Right, exactly. So Harris herself was never charged with anything, even though 11 lawsuits eventually got racked up against the company because she didn't actually do the deceiving. I mean, well, she was deceptive in her own way. Like she's not Jamaican. She's folk with a vague accent, but she was just the face of a company. Turns out that you cannot sue 
somebody who is the promoter or the face of the company for it, you have to sell, you have to sue the company as a whole, not just somebody who is an employee. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So this earned Harris the reputation for being a fraud, obviously. Yeah. Because obvious. she was named in these lawsuits, and that's when it would that it came out to the public that she wasn't from Jamaica. There's actually very little evidence to suggest she ever went to Jamaica in her entire life. And her parents were super wealthy US citizens. Like they found out that everything like the character that she portrayed was just that fake it was a character and people were like she's a fraud she's a scam artist and she went to jail except for she didn't go to jail people just assumed that she did because they thought that it the company belonged to her because she was the face because that's how people work they're like oh i see that that it is all your fault yeah yeah it's just like i hate bringing it into politics but it's like blaming the president for all of the country's issues it's it's not just him man come on you gotta look I mean, he's at all a fair of part it. of it, but it, yeah, it, there's 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 a lot of deep seated problems that really need to be fixed, and it's not all that person's fault. Exactly. But, you know, that's just that's how people do, and uh, it's just it, the fame that came from this commercial, from from all of these commercials and these appearances, and playing this character caused her a lot of pain, and she talked about how it took her about ten years to really to get over the the emotion, the emotional hardship that came following these FTC rulings. And she stayed out of the spotlight for a while because obviously, although Obvious. she did come out as a lesbian in 2006, which she said she was afraid to do because of all the stuff that had happened surrounding the Psychic Readers Network. She's like, I don't want this to seem like some sort of attention grab. That's so, that, uh, I hate Or for that. people to make fun of me. Yeah, I hate that, that she couldn't come out and do that stuff for her own benefit, you know? Right. Ugh, whatever. So that part kind of sucked. So what happened after the fallout? So even though the psychics weren't real, Cleo became a pop culture icon. And she voiced a character based on Miss Cleo in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. She made French Toast Crunch commercials commercials as Miss Cleo, but they got pulled because the Psychic Readers Network claimed that they owned the rights to the character. She her, her she was portrayed by other actors on Mad TV, on the Chappelle show. So she she is well known. Yeah. Oh, she really is. Yeah. So she kept reading, she kept giving readings to people in Florida, which is where she lived. And she was charging $75 to $250 a session, which honestly, it if you know anything about people who are readers or psychics, that's not unheard of. It's to me, it's incredibly high, but I also don't charge very much for my readings at all. And I probably should, but a lot of people charge in the $60 realm for a reading. Some people charge way, way, way more. And because she was so famous, like you are kind of paying for the fame that she kind of racked up as well. I think personally, but yeah. But she called herself a voodoo priestess instead of a psychic when she was in Florida. And I know for a fact that you can't just call yourself a voodoo priestess or a voodoo priest or whatever. You have to you have to be trained and you have to earn that title. But I honestly, I don't think she was doing it to be disrespectful. I think it was just probably more recognizable than Obia in yeah. the United States. 
It definitely. So it was probably just more recognizable to people. <clears throat> and it's it's more intriguing for people here because they're like, "Ooh, voodoo priestess giving me a a reading." Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Where, Unfortunately, uh, she would frequently be recognized. Oh yeah. Out I on the streets by people. And Jamaicans did not take too kindly to her because obviously she pretended to be someone that she wasn't and she they didn't enjoy her portrayal of Jamaicans and Jamaican culture because guess what? You're not Jamaican. So not stop being something that you're not. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, it's pretty unfortunate. And, and she she died in 2016 of colon cancer at the age of 53. Oh, it wasn't bone cancer? No, it was not bone cancer, but it, it was cancer. Uh, <laughs> so unfortunately, we will not be able to interview her on the Beery Eerie podcast, unlike Kreskin, who was awesome. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can. You know, we can bust out that Ouija and we can figure <laughs> it out. I don't know if that's going to be the case. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the story of Miss Cleo. So today you learned... But though she did some shady stuff, she did get caught up in a situation that was very much out of her control, and she's still a legend to this day. I think, okay, so I think she really did get caught up in some crap, and she is a scam artist, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, but that is think, a part of it. I think, though, she got her karma, if you will. I think she was being a scam artist, and then she continued to go about it, but then the scam artist got... I'm just going to call it what it is, royally fucked by a big organization. And right. that was her karma. I mean, they owned the rights to the character. She couldn't cash in on that ever again. She uh, was, <clears throat> she couldn't do, she couldn't come out as her own sexuality for a while. Like, that's that's a little fucked up, in my opinion. You should it be able is. to do whatever you want. But, I mean, that's that's karma. At the same time, it's like, if you treat people good and you treat people correctly, then you'd be able to have those freedoms in your life. And and I feel bad for her in that in that aspect, but at the same time, if you treat people badly, you're going to get treated badly by life. I so. also feel bad for her. Choices were made throughout her life. She chose to scam people while being a playwright. She chose to work in a profession that uh, for the Psychic Readers Network, which literally was a scam. I'm not saying that all readers out there are scam artists. Actually, the vast majority of the readers that I know, be they psychic or otherwise, are just doing their best to try and help people. They are guides more than anything. And I I think that she she picked a path that wound up being much more ruinous than, than it should have been. She was so famous, though, and she she created a character that's timeless. Like, I mean, like, everybody... Go online. You will remember Miss Cleo for the rest of your life. Like she, she is a legend at the same time. And I know that it sucks that she was scammy, but she did add something to culture. She really did. Yeah. Whether for right, right, wrong, or indifferent, she made a mark. And it, I feel bad that it turned out so poorly. But I, I just really felt for her. I was like, I just really want to give you a hug. Like I know you're a huge scam artist, but I, I feel bad that shit went south for you i just felt really bad like it <laughs> yeah i, I have I'm, compassion like choices were made and they were not the right choices but i try and i don't know i just try and look at people and be like well yeah how are you gonna fix it 
she's I don't know. I can't vilify her. Well, I think just... I think for our our listeners out there with like the the maybe 17 or 18 people there are um hopefully yeah. it builds up higher <laughs> i think you should let us know on on either our facebook uh twitter or instagram or even email us at beery.eerie at gmail.com and let us know what you think about miss cleo and if you remember her at all because i'm not gonna lie halfway through i finally started remembering and i was like oh yeah i remember it started, her it started to click yeah i remember oh, I hope- that go ahead that, that uh Temple run, Temple game, uh, or fuck, I can't remember it, but it was an old game show on Nickelodeon, the Temple oh, game. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes, I remember her commercial mainly during uh, breaks of that show. Like that, <laughs> that's where I remember it the most. <laughs> I hope that this doesn't turn people off to tarot or other metaphysical practices. Most people are out there to help you, but yes, shoot us emails, send us your spooky stories. We're looking for ideas for our podcast moving forward. And we definitely want to hear from you. So if you enjoy us, if you like us rate our podcast, like leave us a sweet ass review. Yeah. We're on Apple podcasts where you can leave a review. Um, or just Ooh, also give us drink sh- suggestions. That would be great. Like yeah. what do you want us to try? Give us beer, wine, and whiskey suggestions, and we will try them. Be with us, Beery Eerie Society. We are here for you. Send us your ideas and suggestions for upcoming episodes and delicious beverages. And to that, I say cheers. Cheers, Beery Eerie Society. Clinkies. Bye. Bye.